Are you sick and tired of ads? Well, this is an ad telling you that you don't need to listen to ads. Stitcher Premium has some of your favorite shows ad-free, like The Joe Rogan Experience, My Favorite Murder, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and the Marvel original, Wolverine the Long Night. It also includes early access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, comedy albums, and more. Go to stitcherpremium.com and upgrade your account for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Plus, sign up and use our offer code, CAPED, at checkout and get your first month for free. That's CAPED, C-A-P-E-D, for your first month free. Stitcher Premium. It's like Stitcher, but premium. This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens welcome to the fortress of potitude i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we are the cape podcasters this is the show that totally understands the irony that a guy named tim story would direct a movie and forget to tell a story (laughs) oh he he does do that doesn't he we are talking fantastic four from 2005 directed by i don't know it's it's, here's the thing is (laughs) whenever it's a guy we've never heard of He's famous director. Yeah. And whenever it is someone we do absolutely know, it's the Correct. insert name here. Correct. Tim Story, let's figure this out together, uh, is famous for Barbershop. Barbershop. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. No. Definitely. He's famous for Taxi. Uh, bad. Yep. Yeah, that's a movie. <laughs> He's uh, famous for- Think Like a Man. Think Like a Man 2, of course. Yep. Uh Ride Along and Ride Along 2, of course. And coming soon, Ride Along 3. And coming soon, Monopoly. Right. That's Fuck it. Famous director Tim Story. <laughs> there you go. Nailed it. Although Barbershop. I like Barbershop. Now, I'm not going to say that all of those movies have something in common that this one does not, but all of those movies have something in common that this one does not. <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Have you seen this thing before, Fantastic Four? Uh, yeah. Direct Tim Story? I absolutely have. And wow, you made me watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> whoops. What were your thoughts the first time you saw this thing? You know, I actually don't remember. That's how forgettable a movie this was. Because as I was rewatching it this time. people would call time, you lucky. I was like, hey, you know what? I think I have seen this, but I don't remember what's going to happen next. And then I find <laughs> out it's because nothing happens next. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, this was a Hollywood video movie for me, where I remember watching it in there. Oh, yeah. There. And you'd kind of just pick up small traces of things whenever you do that. Like, I always thought there was a story, like, not just scenes that were just thrown together because of <laughs> Hollywood video when you're not yeah. really paying attention the whole time. Sure. Nope. No, that that wasn't the case at all. It's easy I to actually... think that maybe there was something yeah. happening there. Do you want to get into this thing and, and, and figure this one out? We I all mean... know this one has a reputation. Yeah, people people are aware of this movie and how uh, good it is. I, that was nope. now the way you said good made me think that you think it's a stinker. It's um, you know what? It's not as bad as its reputation. It is not good. It's, it is not good. It's far from. But good. But there are parts that are actually pretty good. Boy, are there, are there parts! parts. Of it. <laughs> but <laughs> overall, when you when you look at a feature film like in the can, the can's bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bad can. (laughs) Oh, this fucking movie, man. Why don't we get into it? I think we should. I'm already two glasses of of bourbon deep because me and you were talking before we even started this thing. 
This is going to be an adventure. I can't wait. Yeah, well, we should have more of a plot to this episode than the movie did. I hope so. Reed Richards, Ewan Griffith. Nope. No? That's not his name. How close was I? You were pretty close. Yoan Griffith. Yoan. It's Yoan. Naturally spelled I-O-A-N, Yoan. Yep. I could buy that. Griffith. G-R-U-F-F-U-D-D, because whales. Yeah. <laughs> the man is extremely Welsh, and oh boy, his name screams it. Griffith. Gruffid. Yoan Griffith. I worked with Yoan Griffith on a short-lived television show called Forever. Oh, so it was not Forever. It was not. It was one season, they should have called it. One season. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot like when I worked on the show Unforgettable. That was on, I think it was CBS. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things of like, they're going through the whole season. And we would joke like, man, you could tell this thing's going to really jump the shark when she starts forgetting something. And then that happened somewhere in the first season. <laughs> in the first season. Yeah. I don't right. remember that show at all. So another one absolutely Yeah. Named. Yeah. Yoan Griffith, the rare chance that he listens to this episode. He is a phenomenal person. I absolutely love him. I got to know him really, really well when I worked with him on that show. I absolutely love this man. He is one of the kindest people you're ever going to meet. He's so down to earth. I'm sorry for what's about to happen, Yoan. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not his fault. It's not your fault. I actually think you look like a good Reed Richards. Absolutely. You really do. I completely agree. I think the casting in this is pretty spot on in a lot of cases, but not all of I them. completely agree. Yoan Griffith. Carry on. <laughs> Reed Richards is a brilliant but timid and bankrupt scientist and he's looking for funding for a space mission to study a cosmic storm he believes to hold the secrets of human evolution. So far, so good. He and his friend Ben Grimm, Michael Chiklis, approach multimillionaire industrialist Victor Von Doom, Julian McMahon. This man's last name is Von Doom. Von Doom. Definitely a good guy. Definitely a good guy with the last name Von Doom. Definitely a good guy. So Victor agrees to help them and use his private space station, talk about Rich, but he insists that he and his assistant slash Reed's ex-girlfriend, Susan Storm, played by Jessica Alba, accompany them, and the mission will be piloted by Sue's brother, Johnny Storm, played by Chris Evans. This is a very pre-Captain America Chris Evans. This is a ve- this is back when Chris Evans played a lot of the same role where he was just kind of like an asshole. Yeah, he he did it really well. So we nonchalantly go to outer fucking space. Outer fucking space. That's what Stephen Hawking was talking about in all of his books. It just seems like a missed opportunity to me to be like, hey, we're on Earth. And then it's just like, next scene. Hey, we're in space now. Outer fucking space. Cool. Cool. (laughs) On the Von Doom space station, Ben is sent to arrange plants for experiments with the cosmic storm while Reed monitors its approach. The, The storm. Sure. The Sue Storm, not the Sue Storm. Not the Sue Storm, not the Johnny Storm, but the Cosmic Storm. The Cosmic Storm. While Ben is out doing his thing, Reed finds the storm is accelerating much more than he anticipated and has mere minutes to get Ben back inside before it hits. Right. Ben Grimm is doing this whole spacewalk thing and uh, space stuff happens. Very interesting that he's spacewalking and not tethered whatsoever. Just like, hey, I'm just going to hang out in space. Yeah, that didn't catch me, actually. That's a problem for me. (laughs) (laughs) You want to be tethered, right? That's You want to be tethered. Generally, if you're going to be out into the vacuum of space, you want to be connected to Outer the place you space. want to get back to. Right. Just hmm. in case, you know, things go awry. 
Maybe he's got that Von Doom spacesuit that has all the thrusters and stuff. Maybe. Maybe he's got thrusters in his suit. No. Nope. He doesn't. No. Nope, and we know that. He would end up using those. Right. Because instead they say, you got to jump. And then he Air Jordan space jams, I believe I can fly from the free throw line in <laughs> <laughs> real slow motion yeah. back to the spaceship. Yeah, exactly. Out of fucking space. <laughs> this fucking movie, we're eight minutes in. <laughs> uh. Yeah, Victor refuses Reed's plea to abort the mission, and the station is engulfed by the MacGuffin cloud. <laughs> Victor is seemingly oh, safe man. behind the station's shields, but everybody else is out well, there. Well, that's the whole thing. They're trying, to attend, whole... they're trying to rescue Ben, and, and he's- This ex- whole movie, they base the space station on, we're going to go in your space station because it has the shields that'll block all the people. Got we're all going to be fine. It's we'll got good. shields. And uh, in Marvel World, shield good. Shield right? is good, yeah. Right, strategic homeland and intervention and logistics division. Intervention and logistics division. It, nobody knows the E. It's fine. No one knows the E. Everybody else was outside the shields trying to rescue Ben, which left them exposed to the cosmic bullshit. <laughs> We're fourteen minutes in, and our characters got <laughs> some powers. Well, what? Well, no, they've been exposed to. They've been. They got their powers. Radiation. Let's call it what it is. We all know what an origin story looks like. Right. Okay. And this is it. So now the team has to figure out how to get back home safely. Just kidding. We fade to black and rejoin everyone safe on Earth. Yeah. Um. Fourteen minutes in. Can't stress that enough. This should be the start of Act Two. Yeah. It should, shouldn't it? It's like this movie in the first 14 minutes forgot to do character development at all. We find out somewhere in here that Reed Richards and Sue Storm were used to be an item. Yep. And now they're not. And it's just kind of weird, but not really all that weird. Right. Between right. them. It's uh, And Victor it- Von Doom is a boss man, but he's got money. He's a very rich man. We don't know how. And he builds statues to himself. Kim Jong Von Doom style. There it is. Kim Jong Von Doom. What's going on, movie? You forgot everything. Also, he's he's proposing to Sue Storm, and there's like no relationship there at all. We don't see anything. None of these characters developed at all. No. We have are, no reason to care about anyone. These are just people who got hit by a cloud. Thrilling. So they fade to I'm black. I'm thrilled. We rejoined everyone safely on Earth. We have no idea how they got there, but it doesn't matter, apparently. They're in Victor's private hospital to recuperate. There's actually a really good gag here where Johnny's like, I'm sorry, we did everything we could for your face, blah, blah, blah. When he's talking to Ben Grimm, I'm a huge fan of that guy. And he's you're talking like, to like, Ben Grimm. Oh, we're going to see him already. it's a first person view. Yeah. And you're like, man, the thing, thing's coming, the thing's coming. And then when you actually see the mirror first person, it's still Michael Chiklis. It's still Michael Chiklis. So it's good. It's such a That's good a gag. That's a really good gag. I wish the entire movie was as well thought out as that joke. Well, for what it's worth, this movie's directed by famous director Tim Gag and not Tim Story. <laughs> Well played. So in Victor's private hospital, they begin to experience physical changes. Ch-ch-ch-changes. Turn and face the strange. Ch-ch-changes. We're not there yet. That's years down the line in MCU. Right, right. Doctor Strange. Johnny's temperature skyrockets, and instead of being concerned that he should be dead, worst nurse ever Maria Menounos goes skiing with him. (laughs) After he kisses her without even a momentary pause to make sure it's like a consensual thing. Yeah, uh, so... The direct quote here, and you can find this in every commercial for this movie that ever existed, yep. was when he has the thermometer's mouth and the nurse says, you're hot. And he goes, thank you. So are you. Yep. Chris Evans has come a really long way. He sure has. He's accepting better roles now. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, there's a whole mid-2000 studio executives know what teens like extreme skiing snowboarding montage, 
which ends in an impromptu mountainside hot tub fuckfest with a dude whose body temperature is literally over 200 degrees. Yep, because the X Games were a thing then. We, we bring this up often. It's so extreme. Oh, man, where'd he get the helicopter from? That's a great question. I he guess... wasn't even supposed to leave here. He's stuck in quarantine for what it is. Right. And he's got a helicopter. He's jumping out, and it's extreme. It's so extreme. Ben, Reed, and Susan are at dinner. Ben leaves when he starts to feel funny, but also he thinks he's being sly, leaving Reed and Sue alone. She turns invisible. He gets all stretchy and catches a bottle of wine. They have powers. It's great. I, I want to correct myself from last week. Uh, I was wrong when I said Sky High was the first film to ever use CGI. I was I was wrong. Yeah. They were still trying to figure it out in 2005. They're trying to figure out how to make an arm stretch in a realistic way. So now you know. They were the same year. So maybe we just have higher expectations of CGI from 2005. Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Here's the thing, though. Johnny Storm did not look bad. The CGI he on him was great, phenomenal. I think they- I completely agree. They blew the whole budget on just making the Human Torch believable. That would hold up today. Without a doubt, it would hold up today. Easily. Ben, back in his hospital room, is traumatized by his transformation into an orange, rocky creature of superhuman strength. Let's talk about this for a second. The Thing. This is our first look at The Thing. Yes. Well- Kind of. Kind of. Because they, they, they play Hulk with us. Don't ever bring that up again. We've talked about this. Don't bring <laughs> it up again. What do you think of the look of the thing? Uh, I don't know. I think that's actually the right answer, though. <laughs> because the thing is that if it were CGI, I feel like it would get a little too Uncanny Valley. Oh, especially in 2005 when they just invented CGI. Yeah, it's a, exactly. And with a costume, it's a pretty good looking costume. But it's a costume. <laughs> right, right. You're like, okay, so the minor league mascot for the El Paso things is here. <laughs> that is not as weird as it sounds. We live in <laughs> Connecticut, and we have the Hartford Yard Goats. You can have fucked up names. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Like the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. They have the bacon hat. It's it, amazing. It's the best hat. I want it so bad. What's the one you have? The biscuits? The one I it? have? I have so many. I do not have the biscuits one. Okay. I know you have a lot of minor league hats. I have nine. <laughs> oh, man. That's too many. What's your favorite minor league hats that you have? Uh, I, I really lean toward my Columbia Chicharrones hat. It's a good one. I like wearing that one a lot. Yeah. Uh, I have a Buffalo Wings hat. I mean, I all of the you ones- You wear that one to the fortress often. I know that one yeah. very well. Yeah. Uh, the ones I have are all the food night special hats. They're never actually the real team. Who needs the real team? No one cares about the real team. Right. Who cares? Just give me the food night. That's exactly it. I want to wear the hat of the guy who's never going to make it. Dewey Cox style. You're never going to make it. I believe in you, but you're never going to make it. <laughs> oh, I love Walk Hard. That's one of the best movies. So instead of hanging out and talking to the literally the smartest man he knows, he decides he's going to jump out a window and, and flee to New York. As you do. As you do. In New York, Ben contacts his former fiance, I guess his current fiance, but she's terrified of his new appearance and she just kind of like screams and runs away from him. So now he's kind of bummed out. I would get bummed out too. Yeah. I get it. So he finds himself on a bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge, where a man is contemplating suicide in an attempt to help him. Ben inadvertently causes a massive traffic accident. This is the MacGuffin Bridge at this point. Oh, yeah. There's no reason to sit in this spot of the Brooklyn Bridge when a man 10 feet away from you is about to jump. There's just no reason. There's, yeah, it's, uh, wow, wow, how convenient. 
<laughs> Man, now, fucking movie. Because we're in the smallest big city in the world, New York, aka the Tiny Apple, the rest of the team turn up right there on the, that very bridge. Yeah, they got stuck moment. in the traffic. It's amazing. Exactly. Now, because they're held back by the cops, Sue has to get naked to sneak past, which obviously <laughs> goes awry so we can see Jessica Alba in her underwear. And then the three of them right. sneak past despite Johnny and Reed not being invisible, solidifying that this scene literally serves no purpose other than to get Jessica Alba to take her clothes off. And it's not even clear what happens here because Ben Graham, the thing, he's got his hands up because the cops are all like pointing guns at him and stuff. And he rescues this one truck driver after yep. he got into a, the, the accident. I actually really love this shot of Ben Grimm lowering his shoulder into the front of the truck. Yeah. And the truck goes crunch. Oh, it's It was fantastic. one of the first things I've ever seen of that. But the whole thing that really confused me about this was Ben Grimm's got his hands up and then there's a spark of electricity from something and Ben runs away and then Sue Storm pops up again putting her clothes on like she caused the electrical explosion thing oh uh, yeah maybe nothing about this is clear no clue. nothing about this is nothing clear it looked like it, it was it's... more just a coincidental explosion that he took advantage of and took off nothing is clear here yeah yeah and there's um it, tim it, gag you gotta learn how to tell a story <laughs> so yeah if it seems unnecessary that jessica alba had to take her clothes off for this scene just remember that it'll happen at least two more times in this movie at least. And she jokes about it. She understands this is ridiculous, but I'm Jessica Alba in 2005. And so this is I know, this is I know what, what you boys want. Again, those smart studio executives. And when you say smart studio executives, you mean executive producers, Kevin Feige, Stan Lee, and Avi Arad, right? Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, learning and growth is important in a human being. Kevin Feige learned it. I think he learned to say, shut up, Avi, and do his own thing. Yes, that's <laughs> definitely what it is. Using their newfound powers, Reed, Susan, and Johnny help Ben to save everybody involved in the accident and are hailed as heroes by the media for saving everyone from the chaos they caused. They're hailed as the Fantastic Four. They are quite fantastic. Also, the police decide that Ben isn't in trouble because the fire department claps for him. <laughs> I hated that so much. You have the police surrounding Ben Grimm <laughs> and they're like, put your hands up. And then everyone up top is just like, oh, Ben, well, hey, yeah, you're yeah. good. You're uh, good. FTNY and then eventually the comes cops out. have their guns pointed the guns and start like, clapping. All right. He's fine. He's fine. Everyone else is clapping. Cool. All right. New York. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Speak Boys in blue. Speaking of New York, uh, the tiny apple, Ben's fiance, also on the bridge. On the bridge for reasons unknown. And she's like, nah, dude, I slept on it, and I still can't reconcile the whole orange rocks monster thing. So she slips her engagement ring oh off. Oh, my God. She puts her ring on the bridge. <laughs> Brian. Yeah. Do you remember in the first Superman movie what happened right after the poem? Right after that poem <laughs> moment. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember. This chair that I'm sitting on is just not long for its life right now. It's about to get <laughs> thrown. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm borderline stomping around like a fucking maniac. She, what is happening right now? This is supposed to be Marvel royalty. This is created by Stan the Man Lee and Jack the King Kirby, the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Marvel's first family. What the fuck are we doing? You know, Angela from The Walking Dead is, is going to make Michael Chiklis from The Shield cry. What do rocks cry? Do they cry tears? Do they cry like sediment? I don't know how, how rocks work. I don't know. That's a good question. What do rocks cry? That sounds deep. It sounds like a, a Bowie dumb. song. That sounds like a <laughs> it deleted does. track somewhere. Yeah. Oh, it's like a it's like a When rocks cry. It's a Bowie Bob Dylan crossover. <laughs> that is like, when no the rocks cry. <laughs> you know what I'm going to call it right now. What are you calling right now? Our May Patreon non-super movie. What? This 
You haven't even told me what this is yet. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing it right now. We're going to do Walk Hard. Oh, the Dewey Cox story. We've referenced it too many times in the last few episodes to not do it. This is the best day of my life. So our May Patreon movie will be Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. It's funny that it seems like we're jumping genres on the Patreon because the first movie we covered was Fight Club, yep. which is a, it's a drama. Let's face it. Yep. The second movie we covered was comedy isn't even the way to put it. It's a slapstick. Yeah. It's insane. It's the best. I love it. It's fantastic. And then in April, we're doing The Fifth Element. Straight sci-fi. Oh, yeah. So musical-ish, I guess. Uh, we nailed it. Musical comedy thing. Right. Parody, docu-music tree. I'm excited. You don't want none of this Patreon, do we? Uh, I do. Oh, I, I think, think I do. I think I want me some of that Patreon. I wish this movie had a bad case of getting cut in half. This, is, <laughs> this movie fucking sucks. Meanwhile, Victor is developing his own powers. Oh, if he's a character in this movie. Yeah, yeah. We still have a Victor Von Doom. The head wound he sustained begins to spread and reveals a metallic layer underneath the flesh. Now, that's bad, right? Yeah, usually that's... that's uh, Or it's a superpower, which is good. I don't know. This is all confusing. He also finds an ability to affect electrical equipment and that metallic objects near him begin to vibrate. So he's like a Walmart brand Magneto Electro hybrid instead of Dr. Doom. <laughs> like a really good looking Victor Von Doom. Yeah, but with like none of Victor Von Doom's actual abilities from the comics. Right. Julian McMahon plays Victor Von Doom. Yes. I have no idea who the fuck this guy is. He was on Nip Tuck, which was very big at the time. It was, but when I see McMahon, I think WWE, and this is no Shane, damn it. Nope. Nope. Even though here comes the money... He would have walked out to that all day. Oh, definitely. So the Fantastic Four all move into Reed's apartment in the Baxter building, where Reed works to reverse the storm's effects, particularly for Ben. And this is where we get our Stan cameo. Oh, boy. He plays Willie Lumpkin, who's an actual character from the Fantastic Four comics. He, he is, which I appreciate, but... But? Do you think Cliff Clavin here is getting snapped or not? Because um, this is Stan the Man Mailman. This is Stan the Mailman. And he is, yeah, yeah, I think he's getting snapped. He is the most snapped that there might have been so far. This is one of the worst Stanley cameos that there is. Well, it's funny because he kept rewriting his own line. Uh, I'm surprised he stopped at one line then. They um, know how Stan writes. <laughs> this is Stanley. I'm walking now. Left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, Excelsior. <laughs> yeah, his line was supposed to be like, welcome home, Mr. Go listen to the polis. Mr. Richards or... Yeah, welcome home, Dr. Richards was supposed to be his line. And instead he's like, welcome back to the Baxter building, Dr. Richards. Wow, that's, uh, you that's had how to, you write. Had to add that's in how, the Baxter building. Changes. Of course. Stan thought the movie was one wink ding short. Yeah, even though the sign on the building that they don't stop showing says Baxter, Baxter building. Baxter building, right. So Let's keep moving. We're doing great. This is the best. Reed subjects them all to tests, like finding the hottest temperature Johnny can reach and trying to find triggers for their powers. But Johnny's a dick. Johnny is a dick. Johnny wants to go hotter and hotter and hotter, and he doesn't realize he's putting everyone at risk by going this hot. Right. And he almost goes supernova, which, of course, isn't ever going to come back. No. How no, they no, warn no. him about that? Never go supernova. You could destroy the entire Earth. All right. Supernova, bad. Noted. That'll never come back. Cool. Exactly. It's a lot like trying to win an Oscar in Tropic Thunder. You never go all the way with whatever you're trying to do. <laughs> you're never going to win an Oscar. Yeah. We all yeah. know that. You can't go all the way. Reed finds that the powers are caused by emotion. When Sue is annoyed or angry, she turns invisible. Like when someone walks in on her in the shower. That's two. Oh, boy. 
Or when Johnny is particularly excited, he can flame on. You know what? So Joe and Griffith. Yeah. I've looked into those eyes that have looked at Jessica Alba naked twice. Yep. I've seen it. I've looked into them. You've seen the eyes that have seen the Alba. He's a good actor because if I had seen that at any point in my life, I'd still be smiling and it would you'd see like the <laughs> twinkle in my eye at all times. But he hides it very well. He's a very good family man, in fact. I've good. met his family. They're wonderful. Good for him. Yo, and Griffith, underrated actor. I'm putting it out there. Well, there you go. I believe it. But Reed still can't work out why Ben is unable to turn his powers on and off. I'll give you a hint. It's because he got the full force of the MacGuffin cloud. Come on. He was on the outside. Right. He was looking in. He couldn't see through <laughs> he couldn't him. see through. his true colors. Right. Unlike Sue Storm, where you could always see through her, see her true colors. She's invisible, in fact. Yes. So there you go. So Johnny gets all, Reed, you can't take away my civil liberties like this and force me to social distance, and runs off to participate in a motocross event. Because again, mid-2000 yeah, studio executives know what teens like. too fucking real. Right? This When Johnny Storm was talking and saying this, I went, oh, I get it. This oh. house is a little small, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell knew that this was topical? Uh, uh, nobody, ever. Even Tim Story was like, nah, this will never come back. This is a quarantine movie for the most part. It really is. And we happened on that accidentally. Oh, man. Me and Brian, we were supposed to cover Blade this week. That's true. Full disclosure. That's true. And I said, man, I don't want to talk about another Wesley Snipes movie right away because there's only so many tax evasion jokes you can do. That's true. Got to give it some time in between so they're funny again. We both said, Fantastic Four, we probably should do at some point. And here we are. This just happened to work out. Just a weirdly appropriate movie. But that happens to us often because it seems like whenever <laughs> me and Brian cover a movie, there's something in the news about that movie that comes out that week. It's really bizarre. It's very strange. And it happens regularly. It does. And this one's going to be too much of a layup because we're all in quarantine. We're all going to die. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Whoops. <laughs> Didn't mean to give away that spoiler. So anyway. Johnny runs off to participate in a motocross event because, again, mid-2000s studio executives know what teens like. Right. Travis Pastrana showed up and said, Kevin Foggy, know me. And Kevin Foggy went, nope, but nope. you look cool. But I bet you the kids know you. Let's put you in <laughs> a movie. I bet there's a PS2 game about you. <laughs> As he finishes his stunt, aided by his superpowers, the media swarms him, pressing for details about the team. So he gives everybody names. Not even that he gives everybody names. Everybody's picture comes up on the Jumbotron mini-interview, yep. and he's and like, he's oh, like, yeah, oh, that's... That's so-and-so. <laughs> that's Fuck, man. That... <laughs> this... Why? Why? Uh, why? Invisible Girl? Why? Why is this movie a thing? Why? Uh, Jack Kirby, I don't know if he's dead or alive at the point of this thing, but he is rolling. He's rolling every which way, but fucking... Oh, man. It's outer fucking space. Oh, and then Stan Lee. Stan Lee had to actually watch this thing come out and deal with the, the fucking fallout from it. And then someone said, hey, let's make another. Yeah. And they were what like, what the fuck, well, man? Well, the last one made $300 million, So let's, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it again. Let's throw in a more famous character called the Silver Surfer. But let's just also fuck ourselves because <laughs> nothing else matters anymore. So, yeah, he assigns them all names. Mr. Fantastic, the Invisible Girl, the Human Torch, and... The thing. Ben is pissed. Uh, the next scene is the one that I'm dead <laughs> inside now. I can't storm off, but the next scene is where I, I would if I had any feelings left. 
So the whole team goes down to the X Games or whatever to confront Johnny. ESPN's running it, man. It's the X Games. Let's call it what it is. And Johnny and Ben kind of fight. Yeah, that uh, there needs to be some action in this thing. So there's a kind of fight. Yeah, so they they kind of fight, and then uh, and then Ben goes to a bar and meets a blind lady. That's a thing. It's extremely famous actress Carrie Washington. Exactly. So there you go. We're gonna use her in two scenes. Yep, that's how you get her. Also, you book her somewhere around here. I think Sue goes out for some reason, and there's she's ambushed by the public. So once again, she has to strip down to nothing to escape. It might be here. It might be somewhere else in the movie. It doesn't matter because it, it doesn't ha- gives nothing to the plot. But it is the third time they find an excuse to take all of Jessica Alba's clothes off. Brian, I have finished my third glass of bourbon. Yeah, that's appropriate. <laughs> this movie is literally driving me to drink. <laughs> So Norman Osborne is called to a meeting by his board of directors where they reveal they're going to oust him. So he murders them. Whoops. Oh, did that piece of Spider-Man, how did that get in there? What I meant to say was, Victor is called to a meeting by his stockbrokers where they reveal they're planning on withdrawing their capital. So he murders them. That's better. It's pretty much, they say, your space thing was bad. Your stocks are falling for reasons? Because stock market. Because stocks. Also, you, bad. Victor Von Doom. Bam. That that's how it's handled. It's like uh, blah blah blah, business business business. Please don't kill us. Right from Spider Man. Now because we told story for the first eight minutes of the movie, and then we did nothing for the next hour, we gotta squeeze everything we into the last half movie hour of the movie. Out. Yeah, exactly. So now we've established that Victor Von Doom, he's he's evil. He just killed people. The Doom man, the Doom. Yeah, the guy with the last name Doom has decided. You know what? I'll be the bad guy. And he also decides, out of nowhere, that Reed Richards is the one responsible for his problems, so by proxy, the whole team. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I guess. Uh, there's only five people in the movie, so it's got to be them. Tim Plotpoint. He knew what he was doing here when it came to trying to figure this movie out. <laughs> yeah. So so Victor convinces Ben that Reed is taking his time finding the cure so he can spend more time with Sue, because for some reason, Sue has become like the thing that victor von doom and reed richards are fighting over it's confusing because you said the thing as an idea but then there's the thing the as a rock person man, yeah as a thing that Kerry washington is starting to get his rocks off yeah let's see what you did there because he's a rock man right right and rocks off is it is it is a, a masturbate a thing innuendo not even a masturbate thing it's a it's just a general just a bang general coming thing General jizziness. Oh, boy. It's been a long time since the word jizz has been mentioned here. <laughs> uh, Star Wars, right? <laughs> nope. That's jizz music. That's Very jizz famous. Music. It's jizz a different music. thing. Different thing. Shout out to Kyle Experience Crime Podcast. And Reed and Sue are actually getting close again. So, like, neat. <laughs> I guess. I, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm supp- I guess I'm supposed to like that these two like each other again. Whatever happened before this movie started it would mean- that they had in their life, and then they met each other again when this movie started, and there was almost nothing there. Right. Of, we, had a, we had something in the past. We don't know what it is as the audience, and now we're here. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would be a lot easier if it had music cues, like, like Sky High. Ba, 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 ba. That? That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> so they returned to the Baxter building one night to find Ben pretty upset that Reed wasn't working diligently on you know, fixing his rock face. It's crazy right now. The way that this movie gets all topical. (laughs) Because Johnny Starr's big issue is, I gotta be an indoor boy now. 
And he doesn't like that. I don't like <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I've been a rock boy for about a week, and I'm a scientist and understand that things take time. Yeah. But man, I was able to sell my space mission and go up into actual outer fucking space, as Brian <laughs> called it, in the span of no time. What the hell, movie? Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. You know? Everyone's got their problems where they just don't want to wait just a little bit. They need that instant gratification. They need that f- that sense of freedom, that sense of, I can't be this right now. And speaking as people, as we can all relate, people who've been indoors for probably the last month or whatever it is at this point. Plus, yeah. We would have probably been not rock monsters anymore if we just gave Ray Richards time. It's because true. this movie's unrealistic. It's true. So Ben leaves. He's, he's pissed. He's like, ah, you're stretchy. You can watch your own back or whatever. Ah, I got him. And now Reed feels guilty, and he tests the machine on himself, which turns him into a droopy boy. <laughs> it's not like Eeyore, like, thanks for noticing me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like face literally droopy it's the Baxter elevator going up like that type of droopy (laughs) crushed it I've seen who framed Roger Rabbit enough times know how droopy dog works on an elevator (laughs) thank you very much Victor at some point also installed cameras all over Reed Richards apartment so sure in a time we never saw in a time we don't who gives a damn it was between the panels Dave of course the closure (laughs) moment of Scott McCloud's understanding comics. We all understand that. So Doom finds out that the machine lacks enough electricity to work, but that's not a problem for him. He's Dr. Magnectotron or whatever. <laughs> that's a much worse name. <laughs> Magnectro? It's some oh, sort of man. combination of Magneto and Electro because that's what he is instead of Dr. Doom. It kind of makes me... What was that movie where we actually saw them trying to figure out the name of the villain? What was that? Was uh, it... That was uh, in Batman Forever. That's right, with the Riddler. Yes. Do you think Dr. Doom did that no i think that's just his name oh i do you think he's like von hmm, too foreign trump's not gonna like that we're gonna go with dr doom dr von doom no no still too uh, too much too dutch too dutch <laughs> too 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 latvarian <laughs> so doom lures ben into the machine and powers it himself turning ben human again which is what he wanted yay Yay, we did it. Doom's a hero. But really, he was just doing it to get him out of the way so he could kidnap Reed and then freeze his body because everybody knows that when rubber is super cool, it becomes rigid and it can be shattered. But I I even took it as he took like the the powers of Ben Grimm. I don't think that's how it works. I think it was more like I'm stronger now because of this. Well, yeah, because he put his arm in the, the machine that has all the MacGuffin cloud in it. So that arm is going to be like. Oh, yeah. He's like Roger a... Federer. Have you ever looked at Roger Federer? No. So look at him and look at Rafael Nadal, and you're going to instantly say, you're a righty. You're a... <laughs> like tennis players' arms are insane because they have that massive forearm. Their, in, their arm with the, the racket yeah, yeah. is ripped out of its mind, and the other arm might as well come from me. Sure, sure. Like it's, it's <laughs> nothing special about it's it. It's a scary movie too. Strong arm. Got it. Exact Chris yeah, Elliott. Go watch Schitt's Creek. I just discovered Schitt's Creek. Oh, you just discovered it? I'm yeah, so um, happy it's for over you now. and your journey. It's <laughs> such a great show. Yeah. All the way through. I'm, it's pretty exciting. I'm in season two right now, and man. Oh, yeah. It's this just, is, this it's is a fantastic. trip that I didn't know I needed, and I love it. It's like the Canadian Arrested Development, and it makes me very happy. Yeah, more or less. Uh, shout out to Mitch from Nerdy Thursday for introducing me to that show. Mitch from Nerdy Thursday and Kyle 
from Experience Grind introduced me to Letterkenny. Canada, man. Oh, yeah. Mitch introduced that one to I me, love too. It. So, so there you go. Our Canadian television. I love television. those boys, and I love Canada. So, yeah, he freezes Reed, and then he shoots a heat-seeking missile at Johnny. And that's when Ben realizes, whoops, I should probably be a rock boy again so I can help them. And he steps back into the machine. So, like, you know, what he wanted wasn't what he wanted after all. Dummy. Uh, or, or the power of friendship. Maybe. Ben Graham pre-rock boy is very sarcastic. He's very funny. He's very cool. I'd want to be friends with any day. Yeah. Rock boy Ben Grimm, oh. the thing. He so sucks s- so hard. He's so sad. He's calling everybody like, hey, rubber boy, hey, fire boy, hey, you know, oh, yeah. lady. He's, he's like, he's it's got so stupid. Nicknames for everybody. He's like, Ugh. It's so dumb. But this is the time when we see the Human Torch finally say flame on, which kicks ass. Yes, it's awesome. And it looks great. And he- It looks amazing. He dodges that heat-seeking missile. So good for him. Sue tries to stop Victor and save Reed, but on her own, she's just not powerful enough. Fortunately, Ben and Johnny arrive just in time to initiate the final showdown against Dr. Doom. And you, you're going to think, this is going to be a long fight, but nope. I can promise you, <laughs> it won't be. Reed coordinates attack utilizing all their powers. Johnny flies around Doom, heating up to full supernova ability, you know, like they said he shouldn't do. Shouldn't do it. Gonna do it anyway. While Sue holds a force shield around him to contain the heat. Right, because she's not also only invisible. She also she can, can do force, field force fields. Things. Yes. So as the siblings storm stop, Ben breaks open a fire hydrant, which I feel like he could have done if he was a human. But, you know, we turn back into a rock monster to open a fire hydrant. Reed shapes his body into a funnel and shoots the water at the superheated Dr. Doom, cooling him rapidly and freezing his body solid. Dong and all in less than three and a half minutes. Yep. Uh, so, Tim Brief Moment, director of this movie, <laughs> he just really wanted to get this thing over with. Yep. yep. Uh, Tim Setpiece handled that <laughs> final fight real well. <laughs> Tim, I didn't have the money to hire a proper choreographer for this action sequence. He had a $100 million budget in 2005. He had plenty of money. It's all into Mr. Fantastic's arms and those few shots where you actually see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's that deleted scene where he face morphs into Hugh Jackman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, get this thing over with. Please put me out of my misery. The city throws them a party, thanking the Fantastic Four for saving themselves. Because Doom was really only after the four of them. <laughs> right. The, the stakes are real low here. And this is a booze cruise where somehow the office had a more important booze cruise than this movie. <laughs> Well, more people were at risk in the office. You're you're right, because Dwight Schrute was the captain of a fake boat. Right. And that makes it scarier than anything the Fantastic Four went through in this entire movie. <laughs> ben tells Reed that he's accepted his condition with the help of Alicia, the blind woman from the bar, and the team decide to embrace their roles as superheroes and unite officially as the Fantastic Four. Now they have an, a logo that they slapped on their uniforms I want to talk about the uniforms for a hot second. Before we should we do that. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uniforms they're wearing in in outer fucking space, as Brian called it. Yep, yep, yep. They acquired the powers of the person wearing it because nothing matters anymore. Because it was some sort of uh, material that that right. you're supposed to know <laughs> what it is, but you're also supposed to be distracted by Jessica Alba's cleavage. Exactly, because Tim Plotpoint decided that this was the appropriate way to direct his movie, and thank God they got a guy named Tim Plotpoint to direct this movie. <laughs> hey, the suits, they turn into the same thing you do. Nailed it. 
So Reed takes Sue aside. Not suicide. Not Susan. like an offing of yourself like right. you all want to do. Reed takes Sue Storm aside and proposes to her with a- <laughs> No, last name. Real important there. A gasket from the- Well, so it doesn't sound like suicide. Right. I get it. I get it. And Do he, you ever wish that there was like a Futurama episode one, Suicide Machine, while you're watching Fantastic Four? Um, yes. It's a real specific one, but they got a real specific director named Tim Story. I wish there was a Tim Suicide Machine that I could walk into <laughs> oh my God. and just, you know, end it. Just yeah. So I don't have to watch this movie ever again. And I, I hate knowing that here, the Kate Podcasters, we talk about comic book movies and superhero movies. There's a fucking sequel and God damn it. Yep. Yep, and a reboot, so. Fuck me. She accepts his proposal and goes invisible as they kiss, leading to the greatest closing line in cinematic history. That's my nose, genius. These are my lips. Okay. All right. And there's like a kind of post credit um, thing where Doom is in a shipping it's crate a headed to Latveria. Yeah. yeah uh, it's like a mid credit thing. Because it says the where, end, and then they come back. Yeah, where he's not so much in jail, even though he was frozen. Right. But he's in a shipping crate. As you do, you're getting shipped back to Latveria. Fantastic Four 2005, directed by the famous director, Tim, who gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh, boy. Whew. This movie, Louis C.K. has a joke about sucking a bag of dicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wonders how you would do it. Is it like baguette sticking out the top, or would you suck on the side of the bag? How would you suck on this bag of dicks that is the Fantastic Four? <laughs> would you make them all come? Jesus, what is happening it's right now? It's off the Shameless special. Uh, it's Louis C.K. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the Fantastic Four part of that joke. There was none. I included it because <laughs> this movie sucks a bag of dicks, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. We could take solace in the fact that it's only 106 minutes long. That's not wrong. And <laughs> uh, small props to this movie. It doesn't feel like 106 minutes long. It doesn't. It goes by pretty quick. I was surprised how well this thing moved. Yeah, me too. There's no story. There's no plot. There's no anything. But if you want to just turn off your brain for 106 minutes, yeah, if, Fantastic Four. If you, just wanna, if you just want to zone out and have colors on your screen for an hour and 40 minutes, this movie will do that I for you. I got the thing for you. I know what to hook you up with. This movie sucks, right? <laughs> Are we in agreement? The no, this thing. movie sucks. You got the thing for <laughs> Yeah, this movie sucks. Is there anything you like about this movie? Uh, it's hard to say. Um, I really think the casting... In theory, was done really well, but I think the writing was just so, so poor. Well, Tim writing wasn't hired for this movie. <laughs> That's the problem. I think Jessica Alba is the weakest part of this movie. It's not a bad actress. 100%. 100%. I think Jessica but Alba is. She's just not right for this role. I That's the whole thing. I don't even know if they gave her anything that would have let her come into this role in a good way. Like, I feel I like it's such a weak character. But some of the other people they looked at were like Rachel McAdams, Allie Larder, and Carrie Russell, who I think all would have done better in the role. I would actually be really curious about Allie Larder in that role. Same. That's the one that stands out to me. That was the one that stood out to me, too. Yoan Griffith, I think, is actually a pretty good Mr. Fantastic. I think he is a great Mr. Fantastic in theory, but I don't think the way this is written was a good Mr. Fantastic. Agreed. I think the thing that blows my mind the most is that Yoan Griffith, Really, really Welsh. Yeah. Can't say that enough. He's got an accent. Yeah. Like a a big time one. And you can tell he's fighting it a little bit here. Oh, well, that's because they were doing rewrites on the day and he has to like learn the accent 
as he's going. But he does a really good job. He does. And I'm not saying this as a guy who personally knows the guy. He does a really good job. He does and I think a that fantastic job. Hey. Chris Evans does a really good job as Johnny Storm. He does. I, I think Johnny Storm as a character is the highlight of this movie. I think so. He annoys the shit out of me, and that's the intention. And that's the intention. Yeah, exactly. Michael Chiklis. I don't know. And it's crazy because Stan Lee once said that his, his Michael Chiklis's thing is his favorite performance in any Marvel movie. And I just... I don't see it. The thing is about the thing. I think that the Ben Grimm to the thing is so different. Yeah. That they're very separated. Yeah. I think Michael Chiklis, though, does an extremely good job in both. I actually think the practical makeup, if you will, looks really, really good, and Michael Chiklis works with it. Yeah. I think he's excellent as Ben Grimm. The thing bothers me. I don't know if it's the voice or if it's- The voice is- it doesn't work. I'll give you that. I think that's the character's my biggest work problem for me, with it. Tell you the truth. The yeah. character doesn't work for me because it's so different from Ben Grimm to the thing. Just because you make him a Rocky boy doesn't make him suddenly a completely different person. Of, yeah. I'm not even going to call it one liner because they're not. It's kind of like an A list, B list actor. This is either two liners, if you go off of that. <laughs> two liners. They're not good. Yeah. They're not good. And he does get a it's clobbering time out there and it's fine it's, it doesn't it's fine. i want it to be great it's, it's not also like ugh. he was inspired by a toy to use the line not good i don't like that right i don't like that either the movie has problems uh lots and lots and lots of them it was in development health since like 1985 well that's only 20 years yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know uh well the, the roger corman thing happened in between that's got to be worth something right in terms of not getting this thing out there yeah, yeah. Well, there was there was the whole thing in like '92 uh, where they were like, "Well, we we have the license for it, so we're going to put something out," and then they never actually released it. The 1994 version of the Fantastic Four, which has kind of become sort of like a cult hit. That's fascinating to me. It was never supposed to be released. They just had to start production by a certain point to retain the license. That happens actually often. I believe these that. types of movies, but the poor people in the movie didn't know that's what was happening. Right. The thing that blows my mind, though, is that in these types of instances where you have that type of situation where you just want to hold on to the rights, I understand why you would want to just film whatever you can to keep it. I get it. Yeah. The thing about Infinity War that bothers me, (laughs) I can't believe we're going to go here. In the Infinity Gauntlet, the Fantastic Four play a major role. Yeah. Okay. I understand this is a 20th Century Fox product, Uh huh. which is now owned by Disney. Yes. So it's not going to be long before you see the Fantastic Four. I do know John Krasinski has met with Marvel. We Alleged- all are just assuming that he's going to be Mr. Fantastic soon enough. Allegedly. Yeah. It's allegedly. I get it. It's a letter Kenny moment where the guy fucked an ostrich or something. I don't know. Allegedly. Worked Canada. Allegedly. <laughs> exactly. But in the Infinity Gauntlet, the Fantastic Four play a major role. So does Adam Warlock. And these are the things that. Marvel and the MCU and Kevin Feige chooses to ignore. And I think it's a very smart choice. Oh. Because why overwhelm everyone with these additional characters when we already have a relationship with everyone else? Right. It's cool to rewrite stories. I think this is the first time where we're truly rewriting a story. I know we're not talking about Infinity War, but we sort of need to in terms of Fantastic Four. It's cool to rewrite stories in order to make them work cinematically. Yeah. 
This movie does not work cinematically. The Fantastic Four do not work cinematically. They haven't yet. They've had a couple tries. It hasn't worked yet, and that has to say something. But here's the thing. The Incredibles work, so it's. I don't think it's a problem with the idea of a super family. So you're saying what they should have done is get Tim Pixar to direct this movie instead of Tim Story. Tim Pixar. Um, well, it's actually really funny because uh, in 2003, Peyton Reed pitched a Fantastic Four film to Ooh. Fox. Uh, All right. And he described it as a hard day's night with superheroes, which sounds really cool. And that's extremely cool because Richard Lester directed Superman 2. Sort of. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a he had a proposed cast and everything with uh, Al- Alexis Denisoff as Reed Richards, Charlie okay. Charlie Theron as Sue Storm, Paul Walker as Johnny Storm, which fine. Uh John C. Riley as Ben Grimm brought it full circle. There it is. Holy shit. And Jude Law as Doctor Doom. Who played Mr. Fantastic? Alexis Denisoff. Okay, you did say that. I'm sorry. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a movie <laughs> not bad I, at all. I would have seen. And, you know, Peyton Reed. Wow, Peyton Reed Van Man fame. Exactly. He's been trying to get a Fantastic Four done for years. It's crazy because the Fantastic Four is the first family from Marvel. Right, right. There are a number of people who are chomping at the bit to get a hold of this property. And they still can't do it right. Yeah, we'll see. Is there a re- Why can't creative people get this thing right? I don't, I don't understand at this point. There should be a reason why. Stan Lee, Jack Kirby created these characters. There's a lot of stories out there. Yeah. What's wrong? There's a lot to pull from. I don't know what's going on. It's uh, anybody's guess. Blows my mind. It really does. There's been enough time now, I think, that somebody probably has a good story floating around somewhere. Hopefully. Probably, but Hopefully. the Hollywood That's... system. I mean, how are you going to get it to Kevin Feige? That's what it is. That's, yeah. Let me ask you a question. We know we hate this movie, right? Yeah. We mostly hate it, I, I should say. There's parts we like, we right. mostly hate it. Rotten Tomatoes, 100, go. Uh, 40? That's stupid. That's the stupidest answer you've ever given me. Really? Why? Give me another one. Uh, 20. Well, that's better. 27%. Okay. It's rotten, that's for sure. That's uh, 45% rotten. audience score. Oh, see, that's I wasn't that far off. I don't want to read critic stuff from Rotten Tomatoes on this one. Let me give you the critic consensus. It says... Marred by goofy attempts at wit, subpar acting, and bland storytelling. Bam. Tim's, Tim's story. Tim Bland. Fantastic Four. <laughs> Tim Bland's a really good name. Fantastic Four is a mediocre attempt to bring Marvel's oldest hero team to the big screen. Yeah, that's uh, sounds that's right. all correct. Yep, 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 yep. Roger Ebert. He saw this movie. Poor guy. I'm sure he regrets it. <laughs> Even today. So to this day. He's given it a... One star. That's more or less acknowledging. Yeah. This is from me. This is from Dave here. Making movies is hard. It is hard to get all the pieces together. It's hard to get the actors to read the script the, the right way. It's hard to get the, the camera to film the right way in a cinematic way. Mm-hmm. Roger Ebert giving a one star is more or less saying, that's a feature film. Yeah, they did those things. Check in the box. Roger Ebert says, so you get in a spaceship and you venture into orbit to research a mysterious star storm hurtling toward Earth. There's a theory it may involve properties of use to man. The spaceship is equipped with a shield to protect its passengers from harmful effects, but the storm arrives ahead of schedule and saturates everybody on board with unexplained but powerful energy that creates radical molecular changes in their bodies. They return safely to Earth only to discover that Reed Richards... The leader of the group has a body that can take any form or stretch to unimaginable lengths. Call him 
Mr. Fantastic. Ben Grimm develops superhuman <laughs> powers in a vast and bulky body that seems to be made of stone. Call him the thing. Sue Storm can become invisible at will and generate force fields that can contain propane explosions in case you have a propane explosion that needs containing but want the option of being invisible. <laughs> Call her the invisible woman. And her brother Johnny Storm has a body that can burn at a supernova temperatures. Let's just call him the Human Torch. He says, I almost forgot the villain, Victor Von Doom, who becomes Dr. Doom and wants to use the properties of the Star Storm and the powers of the Fantastic Four for his own purposes. He eventually becomes metallic. By this point in the review, he's acknowledged his own review. Are you growing a little restless? <laughs> What am I going to do? List names and actors and superpowers and nicknames forever? That's how this movie feels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Roger Ebert's got his finger right on it again. Bam. Bam. He's crushed it. So yeah, this, this movie is basically like, here's this person. Here's what they do. Here's this person. Here's what they do. He hates it so much. He hates this movie. Everything about his review says he hates this movie. He says, and the really good superhero movies like Superman, Spider-Man 2, and Batman Begins leave Fantastic Four so far behind that the movie should almost be ashamed to show itself in the same theaters. Wow. Not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> this movie is not good. No. No, it's not. Simple as that. And now the puzzling part of this. I'd imagine that the people on Amazon.com. Yeah. They had their beaches reopened this week. <laughs> Why? I just imagine that most of the people on Amazon.com are Florida man. Yeah, yeah, sure. They gave this movie a 4.5 out of 5. What? Out of 881 customer ratings, which is a good thing, believe it or not, because it means that most people didn't even bother to fucking review this. So Good for them. Good on you, Amazon people. But also, how many people like this movie? How many people? Uh, Five stars or 70%. That's that's too much, man. Three percent is the one star. Wow, which is not nearly high enough. No, but no, no. Let's get into some of the one star reviews from Amazon.com. Before I get with the one stars, uh, I made the mistake of looking farther down the RogerEbert.com page of this review. It's depressing because Roger Ebert is not so much as an is, but he's a was now. And this one says that. Roger Ebert was the film critic of the Chicago Sun-Times from 1967 until his death in 2013. In 1975, he won the Pulitzer Prize for Distinguished Criticism. I feel like he would get called a Karen nowadays. <laughs> I don't know why. Karen. Like, that has to be how it is. Uh, more importantly, I think on RogerEbert.com, this is where I get all my reviews from, because, you know, it's the man's name. It's his site. On the cast, who do you think is listed as number one on the cast? I would think it's Mr. Griffith. Well, you're wrong, because it's Kerry Washington. <laughs> followed by Chris Evans, followed by Ewan Griffith. Okay. Uh, oh, boy. Let's do some Amazon One Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> From July 5th, 2012. Wow. What a terrible interpretation of the Fantastic Four. Oh, wow. 20th Century Fox. Please give the rights back to Marvel so they can fix this. Yeah. Damn it. When did uh, the sequel come out? That's my real question, I guess. I, I believe it was 2008? It was 2007. 2007. So this is the one that annoyed them, and another one came out in between. Oh, boy. Well, there you go. Give the rights back, damn it. Give them back, I suppose. And they'll just buy them back. It's okay. You're not wrong. 
from December 10th, 2014. Title, one star. Review, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I read that how they wanted it to be read. So, <laughs> you know, Fantastic Four. One star. You know, there's four of them, and they're fantastic-ish, I, I suppose. I give each of them a quarter star. Perfect. <laughs> one star. We're about to get into an issue that happens with older reviews. Okay. Where in the newer reviews, people are just like, a derp, a derp, a derp, a derp. And that's how they review things in a very sure. quick fashion. I think it's like a pre-2010 thing. Yeah. How they wrote reviews. They properly wrote things out. They, they were long. There was no Netflix to binge. You're right. And these folks had all the time in the world, unlike a quarantine like now. We have all the time in the world. We should really hit up Amazon.com. This one is from April 2nd, 2006. Title. Forget the movie, read the comics. Review. Fantastic Four is yet another reason why Hollywood should stay the hell away from comic books. <laughs> this movie really does suck. Part of the fun of seeing a comic book made into a movie is seeing how close the filmmakers can come to the original material. Sure. But when they get arrogant and think they can do better than the creators, Stan Man Lee and Jack Ken Kirby, that's when comic book movies fall flat on their overproduced asses. Whoa. Seriously, all the prints in this movie should be tracked down and destroyed. The only things saving it are the very hot Jessica Alba as Sue Storm and Michael Chiklis. Uh, the very hot Michael Chiklis and also That's se- the way uh, I took Jessica it too. Alba. Punctuation's important. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, this is in 2006. This is two years prior to the MCU becoming a thing. Yeah. This is one that has not aged well. Yeah, this is why Hollywood should stay away from comic book movies. Got bad news for you, friend. That super sexy Michael Chiklis, though. Oh, Ooh. Oh. I was I was getting my rocks off to him before he became a rock man. Well, I was all the my, hotness. I was getting my rocks off to him after, because still, because because of the rocks. Yeah, it's great. It's easier to get your rocks off when the rocks are on. It's the best. It it just makes sense, really. <laughs> it's just good wordplay. From July six, two thousand six. Holy anal leakage, Batman. <laughs> and Good that's start. what Robin would have would say about the Fantastic Four, according to this person. That may be a reference to the wrong movie in question, but after seeing this puke bucket excuse of a movie, a shot-by-shot remake of the 1966 Batman, doesn't sound like a bad idea. Uh, first of all, of course- Don't you dare fucking reshoot it. I'll kill you all. Why would you ever? Um, but it probably would be better than this. Completely agree. Yeah, not wrong. Don't do it, but it would be better. But don't do it. But don't do it. But also, how do, how did they start the review again? Holy anal leakage, Batman. Yeah, there it is. Whew. That paints a picture. From August 22nd, 2006, I must have overindulged in the coffee today. There are actually positive reviews for this turd of a movie. <laughs> the director had such a bold vision for this production that he went completely blind. Comic book movies are on the decline again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks to flicks like this one, which take an extraordinary concept and mutilate it for the masses. Cross-energized with an electric stupidity and a blatant disdain for anyone who owns a Doctor Doom (laughs) t-shirt. Who has a Doctor Doom t-shirt? I don't know. That's so specific. But he also goes on to say, so, dot, 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 I have Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage to look forward to. Yeah, well, somebody should tell him that a week after this, Batman Begins came out. Yep. <laughs> Someone should tell him. Unless he's got that Marvel hat that you wear all the time. I mean, 
there's superhero movies not on a decline. This is a low point. I, I would imagine. I wouldn't even call this maybe a low point. I would just call this a point. This is Tim a, point a point this along movie, the You said I got it, but we're about to get into a big high point with Batman Begins, and then obviously the MCU. This movie is just another right dot on the radar. If anything, step along the way. From December twenty first, two thousand five, worst comic book movie ever. Eh. Here's an idea. Let's give them superpowers in the first 10 minutes without <laughs> developing the characters. Then let's make some cheesy special effects and throw it together with a fifth grade story and first grade dialogue. <laughs> Want to see how a comic book movie should be made? See Superman, Spider-Man, Hulk, <laughs> nope, well, Blade, and Daredevil. <laughs> wow, this person lost Those are my sound credibility within reading. So he started off real hot with yeah. the Superman, Spider-Man, and then he just said, you know what? Fuck the world. Fantastic Four is a thing. Well, I mean, if we were comparing all the movies he listed to this movie, still don't think he's wrong. Uh, two out of three ain't bad meatloaf math. Meatloaf two math. Two out of five, pretty bad. Two out of five. Yeah, but even the other three were still better than this movie. You're not wrong. They're more enjoyable. So That's there you sure. go. I wouldn't use them as a benchmark for comic book movies, though. Well, he doesn't have really a choice because this is 2005. He's got some time before things start to get real. That's true. From... September 21st, 2005. This movie is pure and utter garbage. It will have a nice night at the Razzies in March, competing with Stealth for worst idea ever. <laughs> I, I don't even remember the movie Stealth. I, well, it doesn't... Incoming message from the big giant web. Oh. The Razzies in 2005-6. They came out on January 1st, so March is just an arbitrary date that he threw out. Sure. That's not how it works. January 30th, 2006 is when this movie would have been nominated for a Razzie. And? It wasn't nominated at all, in that, fact. Um, there's that's surprising. literally no mention of, I lied. There is one mention of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> what do you think won worst picture that year? I'll give you a hint. The choices are Son of the Mask, House of Wax, The Dukes of Hazard, Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, oh. and Dirty Love. I got to go with Deuce Piccolo, European Gigolo. You're wrong. It's Dirty Love. I don't even know what that is. I have no idea what that is either. Worst actor. Let me give you a couple choices here. You have Jamie Kennedy from Son of the Mask, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson in Doom, Will Ferrell in Bewitched, and Kicking and Screaming. Kicking and Screaming does not suck. I love nope. it quite a bit. It's a pretty good movie. Tom Cruise in War of the Worlds. And Rob Schneider in Deuce Piccolo, European Gigolo. I once again have to go with Rob Schneider. You would be right. Congratulations. <laughs> Worst actress, though, you have Tara Reid in Alone in the Dark. Yep. Jennifer Lopez in Monster-in-Law. Hilary Duff in, oh boy, this is a good year for her, Cheaper by the Dozen 2 and The Perfect Man. <laughs> Jessica Alba in Fantastic Four oh. and Into the Blue. <laughs> and Jenny McCarthy for Dirty Love. What do you got? Oh, I think I want to go Hilary Duff. You should have gone with Jenny McCarthy. Dirty love. Yeah. Not good. Not good at all. Uh, that checks out. But there's your only Fantastic Four nomination. Poor Jessica Alba. Let me give you one more review from Amazon.com, November 7th, 2005. Right from the start, the movie smells like a baby's diaper soaked in a cow, f <laughs> cow feces. I, I think he meant feces. Yep. Because of its Z-grade casting. Worst of all is Julian McMahon. That's Dr. Victor Von Doom. Yep. Who overacts and doesn't even have a nude scene? What? First of he all, didn't get naked. First, first of all, uh, he does not overact. He hardly acts. 
And he barely shows up for it. And second of all, he does have a nude scene. When he gets turned into a metal statue at the end, his dong is clearly out. It's a dong. There's a, a there penis. There's a metal uh, penis. Anatomically. And uh, here we are. Fantastic Four. Or Fantastic go. Three, depending on the member of the balls in the shaft. Doesn't even have a nude scene. And it doesn't matter. Nothing <laughs> matters anymore. Fantastic nope. Four. Let's give this thing a super stuff. Yeah, please, let's, let's please, do that. Please. Um, but first. This is an actual IMDb trivia fact. I'm usually excited for these, and I'm not. Don't be. I picked this one specifically because I think it would make you mad. <laughs> that doesn't take much. <laughs> Good for you. Outside the motocross arena, the surrounding advertising helps tell the story. As Ben hurls Johnny flaming into a Burger King sign, that the sign reads, Fire Grilled Perfection. As the fight progresses, we see a Sobe adrenaline rush. Which, you know, adrenaline, I guess. And finally, is Sobe still a thing? I don't. Th- I don't know if it is or not. I used to drink a shitload of that back in two thousand five. I though. did too. And finally, the superhero's top rule against killing is represented by Mountain Dew Code Red. Live by the code. So it it's only appropriate that with Mountain Dew Code Red, because two weeks ago we had Taco Bell, right? With Mountain Dew Baja Blast, right? With the Taco Bells, with uh, Demolition Man. Yep. That has been an actual IMDb trivia fact. Super stuff scores. Story motivation. No, um, so <laughs> Tim's story and Tim motivation. <laughs> Tim's story. Yep. I'm sure you're a lovely man, but what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> this is garbage in a fucking pile. This is D2 levels of barrel of fire where you're burning shit because you got endorsed by the wrong goddamn company. <laughs> I remember from D2 now. My there brain has cleared up a little since then. Yeah. Also, it turns out the Goodwill Games was a real thing. It's a real thing. We should correct ourselves. Goodwill Games is a real thing. This movie is a zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the story this movie is such nothing. asshole. The story is terrible. There is no motivation. Zero. zero. And God have mercy on your soul. Heroes. No, there's zero. Their threat is literally a man who's against literally just, just them. Not even them. It's not even the four of them. It's just against Reed Richards because. He stole Sue Storm. That's it. Yep. He stole Sue Storm and also, I guess, bankrupted his company because he agreed to let him do his thing. I don't know. I suppose so. I'm going to go zero. Zero. This is goddamn terrible, man. This is not how you do it. It's not good. Villains. Also zero because... He brought everyone to space. He wanted to fuck the Alba. Yep. And then he realized, man, the Alba has still got a thing for the Griffith, the Yoan Griffud. Gruffud. Gruffud. G-R-U-F-F-U-D-D, Welsh style. Griffith. And then he got a scar on his face and said, I'm going to be all bad now. Uh, my last name is Doom. Victor Von Doom. Yeah, you're the fucking villain. We get it. Zero. Zero. Teamwork. <sighs> they saved the day from a... Very minor threat at the they end. They save themselves <laughs> super easily. This is so stupid. After they were fighting the entire movie. Infighting. Not even right. fighting. Right. Infighting. Infighting. I'm going to go zero. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying that. They do come together at the end. They have to, though, because they just happen to be in the same place at the same time. Uh, That's really what it is. But it's more Tim convenience than directed this Ben thing. does resubmit himself to the MacGuffin cloud to become the thing again. To You're not wrong there. Fine. Let's go 0.25. 0.25. This thing something. <laughs> Fine. Thanks, Michael Chiklis. 
female characters. Brian, you start this one off. I don't know if I can. Negative one. Uh, you're not wrong. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not treated well. And this woman here has her abilities become invisible and then occasionally force field. It's no, 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 no. so stupid. Her superpower in this movie is to get naked and sometimes be invisible. Oh, right. Negative one. Let's do negative yeah. one. Yeah. And let's not forget about Maria Menounos. Let's not forget about that. And let's not forget about Kerry uh, <laughs> Washington who wants to get the rocks rocks off. Really. Right. Right. Setting. New York. It's, it is New York, it but is it's New barely York. New York. I'll go point five. How about that? I think that's that's probably fair. We see some landmarks, but at the same time, it, yeah. it's shot in Vancouver. It's right. not New York. Right. We get a couple shots with the terribly CGI'd Baxter building with glowing lights. Right. <laughs> Let's go point five just yeah. to help this movie out a little bit. Style and tone. Also probably a zero. I'm I'm trying to think of of what its style is and what its tone. Shit, is. it's not X and... Games and it's not science. Figure it out. <laughs> you can't have both, but we can. You can't have Matt Hoffman and Stephen Hawking. You cannot do that. <laughs> Matt Hawking and Stephen Hoffman. That's right. That's how they were always called on ESPN back in the day. It doesn't know what it wants to be. Zero. Zero. Music. John Ottman. I like John Ottman. I like and John here, Ottman. He said. I don't give a fuck. When I turned the movie on, the opening intro song, I was like, oh, there might be something here. And by the end of the movie, I was like, oh, must have been a fluke. They got the one the waste they got of the John Ottman intro theme and then nothing else. Yep. Um, 0.25 yeah. to acknowledge that there is other sounds other than the actors talking this movie. <laughs> there, there is music. Yes. One liners. You got to flame on and you got to it's clobber in time and they feel forced as fuck. They do feel forced. Don't forget. That's my nose genius. These are my lips. Okay. Uh, that brought it right back down to a zero. Uh, time for your lesson, Chem 101. What happens when you rapidly cool hot metal? Ugh. Yep. No, I said Gross. zero. Already. I know what I said. Uh, you know what my favorite thing in the movie was, though? When, what was that? When Johnny Storm just turns to Ben and goes, where are your ears? <laughs> I actually really like that. That's pretty I good. Will, I'm willing to go 0.25 on that line alone. 0.25 on that line. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, no, no. Actually, I take that back. Still a zero. That doesn't make up for it. Uh, well, hey, man. If that's how you want to play this game, <laughs> I'm not against it, but still. Impact on the genre. It got a sequel. God damn it. It got a sequel. It did. It made it did. bank. But it cost $100 million to make. It made $333 million worldwide because the world is stupid. Against all odds. But they made up for it when the sequel came out and people were like, oh, no, I'm not sitting through that again. I'm not dumb. No, exactly. And I really so feel like- that's, that's the sequel's fault. That's not this movie's fault. Right. And I feel like the sequel was one of those, we need to retain the license, let's make another movie in two years kind of deals. Sure. So um, I, I'm okay going 0.25 because nothing ever came out of it. and. By all accounts, things should have come out of this because the MCU was launched three years later. Right. Things should have come out of this. Things should have happened. (laughs) 0.25. 0.25. Just for the sake of, man, this movie fucking bombed. That is going to give Fantastic Four a total score of 0.25. At least it's not a zero. At least it's not a zero. I tried with the one-liners. Yoan Griffith, I said, I adore you as a human being. Yeah. From personally knowing you. What the fuck were you thinking? Apparently, he had to go into uh, therapy after the Fantastic Four movies. Why? <laughs> well, he thought this was going to be like his his big ticket to you know being a 
big star. It just didn't pan out, and he had to go into therapy about it. So That checks out. Tim Therapy probably directed him. Yeah. In getting through this. Uh, Tim's story. Tim's story. I can't believe you got a sequel out of this thing. Yeah. We'll see you soon-ish, I suppose. We'll have more jokes about your name, I'm sure. Brian, what are we talking about next week? Well, we just suffered through a shitstorm of a movie, so I figured what we should do next week is talk about something that's universally accepted as a good movie. (laughs) No, we're talking Suicide Squad. It's Suicide Squad from whatever year, directed by whatever director. (laughs) That's exactly right. That has... Not arguably the worst Joker imaginable. I've never seen it, and I know that. That's a problem. Yeah. We're going to 2016 Suicide Squad. I have never seen it. Brian said I might like it. Yeah, just based on how everything's gone with the DCEU. Who knows? I'm so curious about it. I'm so, I, I am confused about it, mostly, because everything about what I see in these characters should say this is a good movie. And I know historically from just talking to you, Brian, and talking to everyone in the world that says, nope, this is shit Nope, in a fucking bucket. Well, you'll see. I'm excited to see it. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, Dave, just, just to a pro- promise me this. Let's not yeah. fight. This is, is that a line from the movie? Th- this or is, is where you a... say, no, let's. Is That's definitely a line from the movie. That was from, yeah, Jessica Alba said that. Oh, in this. Yeah. Fuck me. Fantastic Four can <laughs> fuck itself. 0.25 is too high for it. 0.25. Well, I you tried. Know? I lowered the... Uh... Uh, Young Griffith, I think you're a great human being, but your movie sucks. I lowered the one-liners to try to get us a, a flat zero, but... Well, you blew it. The impact was a 0.25, so... Yeah, I can't believe we got there. Before we close it out, we did get something in our mailbag. Oh, no. We got an email from a, a newer listener. He's been listening for about a month. It's uh, Michael P.S. Warren. He has hey, He has a question about... Demolition Man that possibly we could answer for him. <laughs> oh, no. This has something to do with, I'm going to call it incest, general sex <laughs> in general, <laughs> um, futuristic sex. I'm trying to think where we'd like hit our plot points on that thing, our Tim plot points. Well, we uh, we did do a whole thing about Pornhub that episode, so you're probably not wrong. The Ginger Skull did that and we followed along yeah he's a dirty dirty boy we allowed it ginger skull so michael asks at the end after sky stallone nice exploded everything (laughs) i love it he's all horned up and he's about to clap sandra bullock's cheeks (laughs) (laughs) yep yep, yep. (laughs) how do you think he finishes do you think he pulls out and sprays her down or do you think he lets loose inside her i would think either way He would make quite a mess. After being frozen for 36 years, you know his balls are ready to bust. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Michael, good for you. First of all. (laughs) (laughs) He went there. He's not called Demolition Man for no reason. Weirdly enough, it's not because of the buildings that he destroys. It's because of the asses that he destroys. There it is. Sky Stallone, notorious ass destroyer. Clapping those butt cheeks of <laughs> America's <laughs> sweetheart, America's treasure, the greatest thing that's ever the, existed, Sandra Bullock. Overrated Bullock Sandra Bullock. Um, no, I, to be fair, he just says Sandra Bullock's cheeks. Yeah, I imagine it's the butt cheeks for, some, mean, um, for most reasons. You not can, the you sandy can cheeks, clap style. You can clap the cheeks by, well, never mind. I don't need to explain it to you. You don't need to explain it. <laughs> I would imagine he destroyed her and broke her in twine. 
Right, right. But the question is, where do you think he finishes? He definitely does not leave it in. I think he's smarter than that. <laughs> so, so you think he went with the one man bukkake? I think that's how Michael John put it. Spartan. Not my words. <laughs> no, good for you, Michael. First of all, I think that John Spartan, Demolition Man style, full blown 300, 300 head mask, went between the eyes, it wrapped around, it went to the forehead, it went down, and then she talked on the side of her mouth because we're, Gerard Butler. we're stuck together right. by the sperms. Right, 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 right. Gerard Butler style. Got it. That's, uh, have it. nailed it. I think you're. For the sake of ending this, I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you, and thank you, Michael. Yeah, if you want to send us an email, you can can do that. uh, Katepodcasters at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Katepodcasters. You can sign up for our Patreon, where we do exclusive non-super movies, and we do the pull list. We talk about the comic books that these heroes came from, and we do... Batman Animation, our new show about Batman the Animated Series. We do all sorts of stuff over there. It's a lot. It's a good time. You should come on over to patreon.com slash Podcasters. We got to thank you guys because we released the first episode of The Pull List because it was one of those things that was a trial thing for us. Yeah. Of, is this going to work? And it was overwhelming how much you guys enjoyed that episode of us talking about Amazing Fantasy 15. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you right now, that episode number two is in the works, and it's going to be The Killing Joke by Alan Moore. There it is. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. On Patreon. Get onto that Patreon so you can listen to that. Also, we posted earlier this week about it, but we want to thank you again for helping us reach 10,000 listens. Can't believe it. Uh, we really Our appreciate that. Our stupid little that. show. Our stupid little show. Amazing. Uh, we appreciate that a lot. And uh, if you feel like it, you can give us a rate review. Subscribe. You should feel like it. It helps us get in front of new ears, and that's what we need. Tell your friends about us. Yeah. If you if you like us, if you don't like us, maybe your friends like to hate on things. Maybe they're all Karens. Tell yeah. them. Like Who us. Cares? We, like we just did with the Fantastic Four. Exactly. <laughs> but I guess we're going to see you next week for Suicide Squad. Woohoo. I can't wait. <laughs> Same pod time. Same pod clobbering time. So, Dave, that's the Fantastic Four. What do you think happens after the credits? What I think happens is Tim Story, director of this movie. Yep. He decided that maybe he should change his name legally because he didn't live up to the family name of telling a story. <laughs> I, I recently learned in researching this that to change your name in this $100 million movie, it only costs about 150 to 200 bucks. Uh, you could change his name to anything fucking else because Tim Story, you blew it. You completely blew it. You dishonored your family. Yeah. Tim Story. Brian, what do you think happens? I think we go back to the scene where Victor Von Doom and The Thing are in the diner talking about whatever the hell they were talking about. It doesn't matter. It didn't affect the Tim Story. And a, a gentleman walks in, and it's Samuel L. Jackson. And he walks up to I the like table. It. And Ben looks up at him and goes, 
Nick Fury? And he goes, no, motherfucker, my name's Shaft. My DVR didn't work this week, and I don't know what happened on the shield and nip-tuck. Can you tell me? 